Good afternoon, boys and girls. Welcome to Muted No More. This is yours truly, Dan Dudziak. Again, welcome. Hope you all are staying safe. I know you guys are probably fucking sick of hearing me say it, but again, I can't reiterate enough that we all need to be better. We all need to be safe. We'll get there. I'm not sure of many things, but I'm quite quite confident in that. Uh, today, we are here. I don't know if you listened to episode two. Hopefully you did. I did hypothetical situations. Uh, it seemed to be quite the hit. I got a lot of outpour uh, input, whatever you want to say from you guys. And super, super appreciative of that. It all was taken to heart. So today we're at unprecedented territory as far as this podcast is concerned. First guest in studio, quote unquote. Everybody give a big warm welcome to Steve Greco. Welcome, buddy. Hello. Thanks for having me. So he was one of the main people that kind of reached out to me and really took exception, if you will, to what I I answered my hypothetical situations and him and I connected on a level that was super strong, super cool. Uh, so I'm literally not going to waste any more time. I'm going to jump right into it. First hypothetical, mind you, before I start, nine of the 10 of these are new, not ones that I did before. The 10th, him and I had quite the argument about via text and via Twitter and what have you. So we decided we were going to revisit that and hopefully not kill each other in the process. Well, Dan, they, they know you from the episode. Right. So let me, let me give a background of who I am. Um, 28 years old, diehard Bills fan. Um, even went as far as to get a Bills tattoo way before Dan made it cool. I am married to my wife, Trisha, for coming up on four years now. Just had my baby girl, Willie, um, on Easter of this year. Shout out to all of the women who are pregnant during this pandemic. What a fucking nightmare it has been. But as Dan keeps reminding all of us, we will get through it. We will get through all of this nonsense and all this craziness in the world. Um, and definitely thank you, Dan, again, for having me on. It was a pleasure to argue every single hypothetical that you had and tell you that your opinion was absolute trash. Yours as well. Totally kidding. Um, one of the biggest things is I told I, I told Dan that it is needed in this world to be able to have an open dialogue and to disagree on things, not necessarily meaning that you have to agree with the other person, but just to understand a different point of view. I think that's what we're missing, and I think it would make this world an entirely better place if people from different walks of life, people from different standpoints on different topics were heard and understood and listened to. So again, I'm ready to jump into this. Can't wait to argue with you on most of these. So if you want to take it away with number let's, one. Let's do it. Number one, if you could sell your soul to the devil, what's it worth? We're getting dark right off the jump. Uh, I'll kick this off by saying I would sell my soul for six bucks and a bottle of vape juice. No, um, probably I would give it a good million dollars. I'm putting it as a monetary value, right? Um, million bucks. I haven't been the best person in the world, but I've been trying my goddamn hardest as of late. And I try and help people as much as I can. I try and be there for people as much as I can. And I feel like that needs to hold some validity with the guy downstairs that he'll, amidst all of his evil, say, you know what? Yeah, all right. Here's a mill. 
take it to the bank, buddy. And that'll be that. Steve? I went non-monetary. Um, I'll tell you what it's not worth. It's not worth eternal life. Uh, 2020 has taught us anything. It has taught us that it's probably not beneficial for anybody to be alive past what their book has been written for. Um, I'm also going to say that it's not worth all the power or riches in the world. I am a simple guy. I like beer. I like my bills. I'm good. Um, speaking of the bills, a bill Super Bowl win, very possible, uh, depending on when it was and if I could party with the with the city while it's not burning down, I would definitely. <laughs> It'd be burning down for that reason. Yeah. If it was burning down for that reason, I would definitely be uh, open to that. Um, but as I said, having my daughter be seven weeks old right now, um, making sure that she is safe and cared for and definitely uh, would definitely make me a good father. Um, sorry, Trish, you're not Lily. And I'm going to have to go with making sure she's good all the way throughout. Love it. Next up, we have number two. You have to pick one, 50 years of being incredibly happy or live forever being miserable. For me, this one is an absolute no-brainer, uh, 50 years of being incredibly happy. For a couple of reasons, uh, I really would rather not live my life as a miserable fuck all the time, but and especially live forever. With what's going on in the world today, living forever would be solely the root of me being miserable, let alone putting that on top of it, right? You know, being incredibly happy for 50 years, you can jam pack those years with whatever you want to see, whatever you, you want to experience, do travel, what have you. Would it suck to kind of have a ticking time bomb? Sure. But again, you have a, you have a time frame at the end for you to know how much time you have in, in your life to see what, you know, what, what you can accomplish in that time span. Yeah, I uh, shocker. I'm actually going to agree with you on this one, Dan. Ooh, uh, unprecedented, boys and girls. <laughs> Fifty years of being happy, um, no doubt. Again, bringing back to present day, there are memes every time you open any social media of what 2020 has offered us by the month, and it has been just short of a zombie apocalypse. So, um, I actually just read something on Twitter yesterday that I retweeted. Um, that a man in California was brought in, in on suspicion of not only killing his 90-year-old grandmother, but then eating her corpse. Um, Love it. I will take the 50 years, no questions asked. Uh, I don't think of it as 50 years and then you're done. I think of it as you don't know how long you really have anyways. Tomorrow is never promised. And... For everybody that's listening that knows me personally, it'll be a godsend if I make it to 50 Stop. as is. So let's just go with the 50 years. Everybody be happy. Everyone have a great life. I'll take the 50 years. Very good. We agreed. Mark it down, boys and girls. Like I said. Write uh, it in the books. Next up, number three. If you could ask yourself in 2050, 2050 the year, one question, what is it? Uh, right off the jump, I am going to say, is racism better? Maybe not. Is it solved? Because God only knows how long it's going to take for that. 
And a lot of people might listen to that answer and say, it's a cop-out, it's a quick answer, it's the easy answer. And to you, I say, you couldn't be more wrong. For my entire life, again, as I've said previously, my family and my circle around me have always been super accepting of race, culture, sex, gender, what have you. But racism always seems to be prominent. It just takes one traumatic incident for it to be rehashed, right? So again, in 2050, I don't care about technology. I don't care about uh, monetary value or who the president is. I want to make sure that us as a collective country, as a population, as a community, are all finally fucking on the same page because that is long, long overdue. And when that time comes, you better believe that there's going to be a lot more smiling faces walking around. If I could ask myself a question in 2050, um, Dan brings up a good point on how you want to make sure that the world is still standing for lack of you know, a better term. Um, I am going to go the selfish route. I'm going to ask myself, what is the next Google? What is something that is invented that is not invented yet that is so life-altering that people use it every day, a million times a day? I just had a conversation with my wife the other day that there is nothing that I have to question that I don't know the answer to except for obviously these hypotheticals. Um, and even if we type these in Google, I'm sure we would find some answers of people out there. Um, I use that to tell me how to cook. I use Google to tell me where I'm going. I use it for nonsensical things. Um, so if I could figure out what the next invention is that isn't invented yet and profit off of that, I think that would be the way to go uh, for anybody that has seen the movie, the masterpiece of hot tub time machine. Uh, somebody did that in that movie and I will definitely self promote self brand everything that I can to make sure that I am living on an Island in case the zombie apocalypse does happen and I could be well off. What I will say, Steve, to that point is that you owe me a cut. And the reason why I say that is because you may or may not, and we'll say you may not have come to that assumption if I hadn't presented this question to you. So I feel as though I'm entitled to something. I'll, we'll see. <laughs> At any rate, number four, would you accept a $30,000 a week job? You heard that correctly. To sit in a pitch black room and do nothing for eight hours a day, Monday through Friday. Uh, I'll kick it off. Yes, yes, and fucking yes. I don't care if it's dark in there. I'll play tiddlywinks. I will jerk myself off. I will do whatever it is I need to do to pass eight hours. And guess what? Still have my nights. So we'll say it's nine to five. I still have all night and I have my weekends. So social life can be accomplished on weekends or at night. And then if me sitting in a pitch black room not doing anything or nothing of importance for that matter for 40 hours a week messes me up to the point where I need counseling. Guess what? Got my nights and weekends to go talk to somebody that makes me feel a little bit better. So I 100% and putting an application in for that job and accepting it. Again, Dan, I will agree with you. Um, 30,000 a week to sit in a room, pitch black, do nothing is not much different than what I do for my nine to five job <laughs> as is. It would just be shutting the lights off. 
Um, shout out to my employer. I'm not going to say the name, but definitely. I mean, you can become a night owl. You can have your social life and then nap during those eight hours. Um, yeah, I think 30000 a week. I read it originally as 30000 a year. Didn't think it'd be worth it for that. 30000 a week to have your weekends off. I know people that would want weekends off for a $2 raise from what they're making now. Yep. Um, definitely. I mean, working at home during this quarantine – Pretty much the same thing. So why not? Let's do it. Number five, how would you change your life if it was like a video game where you respawn at home after you die? Um, I'm kind of a risk taker now. Uh, I'm not scared of roller coasters. I'm not scared of, you know, things that some other people are, right? Uh, I like to hike. I like to, you know, climb the top of mountains already. So that wouldn't be a a facet in it, but I'll tell you what, I would be the biggest jaywalker the United States has ever seen without giving a shit about getting hit by a car. <laughs> Got to save time. Um, no, but I, like I said, I don't know if I would dabble in crime, nothing crazy. I don't want to take anybody's life, but yeah, you know, you always often wonder, you know, you see some people that rob banks that are successful for however long the period of time is right. It's not like they get caught or whatever. It happens every now and again. I feel like that would be something I would dabble in. And if I ended up taking a bullet, guess what? 30 second nap and I'm, I'm back at it again. So I don't know. Like I said, a little bit more of a risk taker. I would dabble in some crime. And like I said, I'd be the biggest jaywalker the world's ever seen. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to touch on the adrenaline rush aspect. I'm a pretty uh, conservative guy. I uh, don't take too many risks, even getting out of the bed of my truck. I made sure that I bend my knees so that I don't, twist an ankle on the way down. Um, yeah. Adrenaline rush 24 seven. I would do things to make me really feel alive. Uh, skydiving, bungee jumping, um, definitely some hardcore parkour, Michael Scott style, uh, live, office. live with wolves, uh, deep sea fishing excursions, which sound pretty tame, but I don't know how to swim. I'm a 28 year old man who never got taught how to swim. So yeah, uh, definitely like that. And, like Dan said, there would be a week that I would just be bored of that and turn it into a game of Grand Theft Auto. Um, and especially if I'm not dying and I'm respawning and people are respawning anyways, right at home in their bed, there's going to be some, uh, some, some mayhem on the streets for about a week or two. But I would be pretty tame and just definitely take more risks knowing that there's no consequences. Uh, next, we have number six. What is a saying or a phrase you say entirely too much? Not exactly a hypothetical, but it's a cool, I don't know, it's a cool conversation starter, I guess. Uh, I will say that the phrase I say the most is, it is what it is. Uh, my dad would probably punch me in the face because he says it way more than I do, but I say it my fair share as well. I say it entirely too much and it gets misconstrued entirely too much. And what I mean by that is that it kind of, it can be taken, it can be taken uh, ill. It can be taken disrespectful sometimes. You know, our president has proven that he kind of makes boneheaded decisions sometimes. So with that being said, it is what it is. It doesn't directly affect me in my everyday life. Could it? Sure. Does it? No. So my response to anyone that says anything to me about it 
is it is what it is. So I say it entirely too much. Um, I say, admittedly, you know what I mean after I go off on rambles and tangents. Um, the reason I say that is because the age that we live in with social media, anything that you say, I can tell you that it is a great day out and somebody will tell you that it's a little too cold or a little too hot. Um, I always feel like you have to explain yourself. So I will go off on tangents. I will go off on rants. I will go off on rambles and then always say, you know what I mean? Um, I doubt some of the famous people that have been quoted in history ever thought twice about what they said. I doubt that, you know, I use Ralph Waldo Emerson as an example. I used him as my senior quote. I doubt he ever wrote anything or said anything and said, do I, do I need to explain that more? Do I need to elaborate on that? Um, famous authors that have wrote books and then have been told what their books are actually about instead of taking it at face value. A uh, good example, I like to use the song, the famous song, Semi-Charmed semi Kind of Life, is about drug abuse. It is about a man who is struggling and he is just getting high. And But you will hear it on every family radio station that you ever hear. You'll hear it in movies. You will hear it in places that it does not belong because it is a upbeat, friendly, happy tone of the song. It is only when you really divulge into the lyrics and really listen to what he's saying and what he's singing about that you realize how dark of a song it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like having to explain yourself in today's age and not taking things for face value and constantly having the internet trolls tell you what you mean when you mean something completely different is why I say, you know what I mean? after everything that I say. Yeah. All right, next up, uh, number seven. So I'm going to bring this one to Dan. I I hit him with it after the first episode, and we talked about it. Uh, never be able to tell a lie or always be lied to. I know the admirable thing to say would be that you would just never tell a lie. Lies lead to deceit. They lead to problems. But I'm going to be honest with you. Lying is sometimes a necessary evil. Not so much worried about constantly being lied to, especially if you take this as literal and you know that everything that you hear is a lie. You can pretty much do the opposite of. Um, but yeah, it's, it is hard to not tell a little white lie in everyday life. Um, you went out too hard on Sunday night after a Bills game and you can't make it into work Monday. Are you really sick? No. Are you going to tell them that you're sick? Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so like I said, the respectable choice is absolutely choosing to never lie, but imagining how hard that would be is almost impossible for me to fathom. So I am definitely going to say that I will always be lied to and figure things out for myself. I'm going never be able to tell a lie. And the reasoning behind that is because I've been lied to many, many times in my life. 
whether they were little baby white lies that I more than likely had no idea they were happening or huge life obstructing lies that just completely broke me down as a human being. And I know how that felt. And I also know that I have done that to other people and I can only imagine how that makes them feel, whether it was in fact a little white lie as in like my buddy asks me, Steve asks me to go help him move a couch. And I tell him, no, I got to take the dog out. I'm I, something so small and minuscule. I don't know that he's going to take it just as that, you know, again, I, I had an ex-girlfriend of mine cheat on me and then she proceeded to continually lie about it. Lie, lie, lie. And I believed her that it didn't happen. And then when I found out the truth and found out how long she had been lying for and how long it had been going on for, it really and truly made me feel like a piece of shit straight up. So I, I would really rather not make anyone else feel that way ever again, as opposed to figuring out ways to just be brutally honest, have an open dialogue with people so that they can accept the truth that comes out of my mouth for what it is. And I would never have to lie. I respect that. I can definitely understand the importance behind that. Um, I just can't get over the hurdle that if my wife walks in the room and she asked me if I farted and I can't blame it on the cat, it's just hard for me to do. So I respect it, Dan. And I understand it. Uh, again, agree to disagree on that one. Yeah. Uh, so another question that I brought up um, for those who have listened before, you may have been this may have been brought to light. My buddy Dan used to be a Miami Dolphins fan. He is also a Red Wings fan living in the great city of Buffalo. Yeah. So Guilty. When I met him, oh, and to uh, make it even sweeter, Dan is a diehard Yankees fan. And my loyalty lies with Buffalo and the Sabres and the Bills, and mostly New York sports. But growing up, I hated the Yankees. I have been called a bandwagon fan. I have been called many different things. I have been called unloyal to where I live. Um, I am not a Patriots fan. I am not a Boston sports fan. I am a Red Sox fan for the simple fact that there is no better story of the 2004 Sox winning um, 27 world championships either way. So I asked him, your favorite team wins the championship, but you aren't allowed to watch or partake in any of the festivities. So you're not allowed to watch the game itself. You're not allowed to watch the team. And after they win the championship, you are not allowed to partake in any of the parades, the festivities, the burn downs of the entire city. Um, or your team never wins a championship but you have the best seats in the house to every game. Uh, so I will start off by, again, reiterating I am a Bills fan to the day that I die. The city is so desperate for a win in any sense of the word. Past three seasons, coming up on four seasons now, the Bills have gotten progressively better. Uh, there is actually a you know side story. There is a picture of me floating out there somewhere in the interwebs of me on my knees Hands reached, outreach towards the heavens, screaming, and there may be a single tear running down my face when Tyrod 
got us the win over Miami, and I sit there on New Year's Eve watching the Bengals just do the impossible against the Ravens and to break the, the drought. Andy Dalton for president 2020. Definitely. Um, so as much as we need as a city a championship and as badly, and I'm not a hockey fan, but as badly as the Sabres need a winning season, you have a talent like Jack Eichel who is now starting to publicly say that he just wants to win and he doesn't care what that what that cost is, possibly meaning he doesn't want to be here, however you may take that. I drove home one day with my dad as a young lad uh, from baseball practice, and I tell you that it was from baseball practice because you would have to know what the weather is like. This is when the Sabres were great. This was when Chris Drury and Daniel Briere made dreams come true. And I'm sitting at a red light in the passenger seat. My father, again, bigger Bills fan than he is Sabres fan. We are listening to our sports radio, and we are listening to a Sabres playoff game, and the Sabres scored. Every single person in the vicinity started the Let's Go Buffalo chant with their horns. My dad, who is very straight-laced and very uh, no-nonsense, decided to join in with the honks. And I remember as you know, a kid growing up, you would see – Local, locally owned businesses closed down and their reasoning would be watching the Sabres playoff game, watching the game. And I've heard stories about when the Bills made it to four Super Bowls in a row, how you never had any person watch the Bills game by themselves. It was a party every weekend. So as much as we need a win and as desperately – as these franchises and the city needs a win. Sorry, sports fans. I'm going to have to say that I'm, I can't miss it. So I will gladly be in every seat, the best seat of every game. And once I pass on from this wonderful world, maybe we'll get one then. I personally also am going, uh, my team never wins, but I have the best seats in the house because uh, as you elaborated Prior, I am a huge Red Wings guy, and I'm going to go the hockey route this time. Uh, Detroit Red Wings, dude, straight up since birth, couldn't tell you why. <laughs> it was drawn to their logo as an infant, I don't know. But 25 straight years to the playoffs. That just happened uh, not too long ago. Late 80s, early 90s, into the 2000s, etc. So why would I say team never wins a championship. Well, sorry, Buffalo sports fans, especially Buffalo Sabres fans. The Detroit Red Wings have taken the shittiest team in the NHL crown from you, and I don't see them relinquishing that shit anytime soon. All of their players want out. Their head coach used to be a, a social studies teacher, and quite frankly, uh, it doesn't seem like they're going to win a championship anytime here in the near future. I... Uh... I will gladly give you the crown of being the worst team, and you can keep that, and that's close. great. So, yeah, uh, don't leave it up to me and Dan to uh, bring a championship to the city. Sorry. Um, last question that I came up with for my buddy here is, you can bring one person back from the dead and allow them to live forever. Who is it and why? I will start off by saying that this is – 
one of the hardest questions that I've ever thought of or fielded. <clears throat> of course, family comes to the forefront of everyone's mind. Um, everyone has experienced loss at some point, and it's hard. It's hard to deal with. It's unfortunately a you know I guarantee in this world that death and taxes are the only thing that are constant. Um, obviously, many sports stars, uh, different athletes, different political leaders, inventors. You know, it's today's world. If MLK can come back, maybe he could shed some light on what we should really be doing to correct the social injustices that are out there in the world. Um, I'm going to have to go in a different route altogether though. I am definitely comedy driven. Uh, I try to make people laugh. I try to be there for an ear for people that need to speak. I try to speak when people just need to listen. Um, but I think laughter is the best medicine. I think the joy that comedy brings is something that is just, there's no, there's no value that you can put to it. It just brings this world in a better place. Um, so who I'm going to say, and I know there's going to be debate on different comedians that you can bring up. Uh, I'm going to have to say Chris Farley. And the reason I say that is because obviously Chris Farley was taken from this earth way too soon. He battled some demons himself that led to his, you know, to the ultimate where he is now his death and his passing. Um, I have never ever in my life watched a Chris Farley SNL skit, uh, movie interview that he did late night talk show, um, that I have not absolutely just pissed my pants. And it absolutely baffles me that there is a generation out there that have never, that has never seen the movie Tommy boy. How you have never seen Tommy Boy it's ungodly understand the references to that movie, uh, Black Sheep, I, I just any anything that you can think of, the Chippendale skit with him. So that's who I would say if we can bring back more people to make us laugh, to lighten the mood, to make it so that you can go on your phone and go on social media and not just be in a depressive state 24 seven. Um, John Krasinski does a great job of that with his new Instagram or whatever platform he uses it on uh, his, some good news show. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely. I would, I would say that. And like I said, there's debate for who you could bring back and nothing. There's no bad answer here. And that's, that's the best part. There's no bad answer here. Everyone would have their own pick and yeah. it would be great if we could bring everyone back, unfortunately that's not the case, but that's what I like to think about and like to think that the world would be a better place. If my buddy, Chris Farley came back. I dig it again, unprecedented territory, ladies and gentlemen, I agree with him wholeheartedly. Uh, my response is in a completely different realm. However, uh, if I'm bringing back one person, I am bringing back my fiance's father. Um, I, there's a handful of people that know her father passed away a couple years back, um, completely unexpected, taken entirely too soon. Um, my mom and dad grew up 
with her mom and dad. I have known my fiance Kayla for damn near 20 years. Our brothers grew up together playing baseball together, hanging out together, had the same circle of friends, etc. So our families were completely and utterly intertwined, which is part of the reason why our story is so unique in itself, right? Um, my dad and her father had the same circle of friends themselves uh, alone. Um, so every time I see my dad's old buddies and Kevin is her father's name, Kevin's old buddies, it, it's so cool to dwell in memories. You know, I see pictures of him. Uh, I wonder what he would look like today. You know, I wonder what he would say to me today. He was always quite the ball buster. Um, even when I was younger, he always wanted me to stay the fuck away from his daughter and sorry, Kev, that didn't happen. Um, but no, I, like I said, I think we would really have some unforgettable memories at this current moment in time in our life. And I also know that my fiance Kayla has had quite the rough go of it to keep it very light, to keep it very short and sweet over the last, I don't know, five, we'll say five, six years. Uh, her father passed away. Her grandmother passed away. She um, was diagnosed with thyroid cancer and then beat it. So fuck you, cancer. Um, good news there. But like I said, I, she deserves that. I would be doing that 110% for her. Again, Steve, I totally agree with you as far as bringing some joy into the world, bringing comedy into the world. I, too, am a huge Chris Farley guy. From me being a anti-racism, Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter kind of guy, I think Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. would be someone fucking amazing to bring back. But selfishly, and allow me to be that way for six minutes here, I 100% would bring back my fiance's father, Kevin, even for my mother-in-law. Yeah. She deserves him. And like I said, it breaks my fucking heart that they're living without him. And I'm not trying to get depressing on everybody, but it's just, I'm very adamant about uh, this answer. So like I said, I would, I would definitely bring him back for their sake, for my, for everybody's sake, because he was one of the best people I've ever met in my entire life. That's for sure. Except for the fact that he was a fucking Red Sox fan. So if we bring him back, he'd have to change that. But And just to touch on that, I've had the pleasure of knowing you, Dan, and then Kayla, and then both of you together. Um, you put Kayla in a room with anyone, and within... 10 minutes, you will hear the stories of her father um, that you will just absolutely lose your mind over. The stories that Kayla has told, the stories that Dan has told about Kevin. And knowing that he was a Red Sox fan, absolutely. You got the okay. (laughs) um, Yeah, my heart definitely goes out for Kayla and her entire family that that is someone that I wholeheartedly agree with that I wish I could have met because he sounds like a pretty great guy. Yeah, no doubt about that. All right. I'm done with the depressing stuff. Take a breath. Let's get back to the fun, laughy, jokey, ball busting. Number 10, I'm going to revisit my second episode. If you listened, I had a question that once I, I made reference to it before Steve and I had unbelievable amounts of disagreement on Uh, And that question was, if somebody offered you $20,000 for nothing at all, or $200,000, but 
but you had to guess the number correctly that they were thinking of, one through five. Which one do you choose? Steve, please spew your bullshit into this microphone right now as to which one you would choose. Well, let me tell you why you're wrong. Okay, let me start off by that. Now, I understand that everybody comes from a different walk of life. I understand that people are um, different levels of wealthy. I am not a rich man by any means. But like I said, 20 years old, married, with child. I live in my home. I'm doing okay. Um, how, how in the world can you not guess a number one through five? That is a 20% chance. Correctly. Correct. Yes. You are not paying anything into this. You are given an opportunity to win $200,000 at a 20% chance. Those are better odds than some of the horses that I bet on. So let me tell you, um, being the gambler that I am, somebody gives you a free bet at the casino. You don't go with that five or ten dollars free bet and you do not go to the penny machine <laughs> you do not put it in there and try to win fifteen dollars you bring it over and you put it on black the biggest bet that you can that it does not hit 99 out of 100 times but you want to be that one in a hundred chance and you want to win you want the lights, the sirens. You want the people coming over with the big cardboard check. You want to be walking out of there with that. I understand. I I can I can hear people saying, 20000 for doing nothing. What are you, crazy? You can invest. You can do – listen, my friends and I are, for lack of a better term, degenerates. <laughs> I had once bet a game of high card. And let me explain to you how high card works. It is a deck of cards. You flip two. If you have the higher card, you win the money. <laughs> I have once on a road trip, FaceTimed my friend, told him I'm bored. Let's gamble. He said, I have a deck of cards right here. I'll go on Instagram live. Venmo me 20 bucks if you lose. I'll Venmo you 20 bucks if, I, if you win. We played high card over Instagram live. I won. Biggest thrill of my entire life. <laughs> um Best moment I've ever had, even over the birth of Lily. Wow. Just kidding. Um, so, yeah, I I can't imagine taking no risk when it's right there. That the my, my skin is itching and crawling with how badly I want to have this opportunity. So, um, I'm still sticking with 20K for nothing. I love the idea of somebody walking up to me. When I leave this house right now, there's somebody waiting for me by my car with a black briefcase and they could even be wearing a, a black and white tuxedo. Cool. Sick, slick back haircut, like something you see out of a fucking movie. I love the idea of that happening. And I'm like, oh, who are you? He says, doesn't matter. I don't even know who you are. But guess what? Because you're living and breathing and you're walking about to drive home. Guess what? Here's a briefcase full of $20,000. Not stolen, not tainted, just because. And- $20,000 is, again, more money than I have right now. I have a wedding that I am saving for. I am currently in the process of trying to trade in my unbelievably sick 2013 Ford Fiesta. <laughs> again, I've made mention to that bad boy before, believe you me. Now, I'm trying to trade that in. So $20,000 would go some way towards that. It would go away towards the 
the wedding. It would, I could think of a hundred thousand possibilities of positive ways I could spend that money or invest that money or what have you. And don't get me wrong, I'm not some anti-gambler by any sense of the word, but Steve, judging by what you said, you might need to go talk to somebody, brother, because <laughs> gambling, playing high card over Instagram live is something I've never heard before. And I've heard and seen a lot of shit in my lifetime, but I digress nonetheless. I think either way, you know, you're not going balls out for the the 20 or the $200,000. You have a 20% chance. I get that. And I also made mention to you when we were disagreeing before that I would have to reassess my thinking, if you will, if it was guessing numbers one through three, like one, two or three are what the numbers could be still 200 K. If you get it right, that makes, and you, you said it to me, it makes zero goddamn sense that I could possibly just like that change my mind over a 13.3% repeating <laughs> increase in what my odds are. But guess what? That's enough for me to, to make the switch. But if we're talking one through five, I'm going 20K for absolutely nothing at all. Understandable. Um, and Trisha, sweetie, if you're listening to this at this point in the episode, uh, the Instagram live thing was just a story I made up. It definitely didn't happen. <laughs> um, Trisha, you're a saint for dealing with this. And don't worry, I'll be home soon. Dan and I are just going to play some cards after this. We'll be fine. No doubt. For 20K. (laughs) High card. Yeah, definitely understand it. Uh, I guess the biggest thing to me is if I had to buy into it, um, you know, if I I had to put up 10K to get 20K or 10K to get 200,000, you always got to go big or go home. Um, But if I'm putting money into it, I can see taking the guaranteed you know, people like to win. People like to have more money than what they have now. But it, for absolutely no investment, you got to go big. And we had that discussion prior, you know, again, when we were arguing like little schoolgirls about it before. Um, yes, not buying into it is a huge factor. Again, you're not spending any money to get free money. I get it. That That is completely understandable. But also a point, I don't know who brought it up. It might have been a combination of the two of us. You and I are in two different positions in our life. We, we made mention to that. You are married. You just had a baby girl who was beautiful, by the way, if anyone sees her. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you have her, you have your home, you have your budget, you know, you know, you and Trish both have your jobs. I get it. I, on the other hand, yes, Kayla and I are together. Yes, we are engaged. Yes, we are saving for a wedding. No kids yet. No home yet. So our budgets and things like that, you know, what you're trying to pay for at that moment in time, et cetera, et cetera. You know, if you ask Kayla, she'll, she's one of the ladies that'll, you know, save every penny nickel dime because in some capacity it's going to go towards a vacation. And that, I guess, maybe rubbed off on me a little bit when we, you know, got together. I don't know. And she'll be proud of me for saying that live here. But I, like I said, I, again, will agree to disagree, I suppose. And that's the beauty of it. I think that's why we, I, I'm blessed to have the opportunity to uh, get on this here with you and discuss going back to your second episode. Um, you know, thank you very much for having me and for allowing me to spew my nonsense for the last going on almost 40 minutes now. Not not nonsense. It is a different perspective. And as I've made reference to before, not just with hypo- hypothetical situations, not just with sports not just with politics, with racism, with everyday life, with the weather, open dialogue, positive, constructive dialogue. 
is what needs to happen in this country. And you and I, every time I release an episode, you have something to say, whether it's good, bad, disagree, or agree, you always have something to say. And I couldn't be more appreciative of that either. And for anyone out there that agrees with me and disagrees with Steve or vice versa, or if you have a new point for any of these questions, if you want to refer back to number two, I have no problem with episode number two, that is, I have no problem with that. Let us know. Let me know. I'll let Steve know. Steve, if you want to throw your Twitter handle in here, you know, so somebody can let you know, please be my guest. But like I said, we're him and I are all about the discussions. We're all about the playful, positive arguments. You know, I'm all about it. So my Twitter handle is at S as in Sam, J as in John, G as in Green, 2328. Um, you will see me from the backside on there on first base. That is my one and only base hit I've ever got. It might have been a walk. I'm not sure. But definitely uh, hit me up on Twitter if you guys have any questions or like it, like Dan greatly says, uh, want to send me some death threats or news. Fuck I, take, yeah. I take all. Um, no doubt. Again, Dan, thank you so much. This has been a blast. And Thanks for being here, buddy. Like I said, everybody, please, for the love of God, stay safe out there love one another way more, have these positive conversations, even if it it is about 99% of shit that you will never encounter in your entire life. It's fun to think about. It takes the pressure off of what's weighing you down. It takes your mind off stuff that is really kind of upsetting you. Like I said, stay safe, stay healthy. We're going to do this again real soon. Until next time, you guys, peace.